Hello and welcome to the KREC 89ers podcast. Hello 89ers. I'm Sridhar and in the 7th episode I meet up with our very own not not 7 PK Sen or PK my fellow classmate from ENC who pursued a career in the Indian Air Force. Hey PK welcome to the 89ers podcast and uh, thank you for responding to me and gave me a slot uh, almost military style at a date and time of your picking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Sridhar thanks thanks Sridhar for having me on the podcast uh, actually I really do appreciate your efforts to keep the spirit of KRC 89ers high and uh, connecting and bonding us all 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 across the globe it's marvelous effort really marvelous yeah no it's a, it's a combined effort so yeah let's let's see how this goes I I'll uh, keep at it <laughs> uh, already I'm getting people saying that they're not now later so I'm also getting those postponement <laughs> requests so <laughs> let's see how it goes <laughs> okay pk uh, uh, why don't you start with your college coordinates and remind everyone of who you were and any notoriety that you were known for or not known for <laughs> <laughs> Shida, uh, I had joined the electrical branch initially, and after the first year, it was again I should say, like uh, I changed over to electronics and communication, and was your classmate. But uh, <clears throat> if I really look back, I would say that it was sheer destiny that brought me uh, to this esteemed institution. Uh, I would like to give a brief uh, insight of the funny episode behind that. All these things. Sure, sure. Uh, my first attempt in the joint entrance examination it actually gave me uh, no luck even though i considered having performed pretty well and uh, my second attempt while i was undergoing the physics honors that the bsc honors at sejibis college calcutta uh, it turned out to be horrendous horrendous and uh, so i never cared to go and actually check the result sheet when the results were out so when the congratulatory message first came from my dad his first question was why did you have to change your name so both were equally shocking you know the selection number 1 and my name sp kumar so uh, and to top it up uh, i had actually thrown away my entrance exam sheets uh, because of my poor performance finally i had to do fir to obtain the duplicate documents and also had to file an affidavit stating that pk sen and sp kumar and one and same person actually the entrance form wanted the full name with the surname first so sen pradeep kumar became sp kumar so that's <laughs> how it started okay and uh, if you took talk about the when i joined the institution it was pretty interesting you know like uh, i happened to draw a lot of uh, attention of the senior batches on the very first day um, while i was there in the first block hostel first block and in advertently i had sported the sensitive college t-shirt so invariably from the evening hours this so called exhibitionist was summoned to various hostel blocks and i underwent certain interesting ragging sessions uh, which anand mohan will vouch for that you know and little bit of the serious uh, ship my track to the serious one uh, many of me uh, or many of you had actually noticed me as a very docile chap over there and uh, there's absolutely there's reason behind that so if you may allow me i can be candid about it yeah yeah go ahead uh, yeah okay 
So I like to forget these incidents, but uh, you know, it keeps on happening all the time. I actually recall those uh, physical ragging sessions by my own community, the Dubong community, where on one instance, I was hit hard continuously on my left cheek 24 times on count. I had to count. And my head was banged against the wood and the concrete several times, which left me actually blue and black. And uh, all above the neck, of course. And it was for several days. Uh, but you won't believe that I was very firm. I never did budge. And uh, from within, I became more and more strong as I underwent the special treatments for being silently rebellious. So uh, this shy introvert guy actually became a loner, more serious, quieter. And uh, this no-nonsense attitude of mine, actually, for this, I was nicknamed by my own Bong community as J2, uh, which is father's elder brother, uh, because of my somber and serious nature. You know, uh, To top it up, the anti-ragging stand, which I had taken from the second year onwards, and which I provided uh, a protective shield to the newcomers, uh, it actually further pushed me into isolation. It virtually drew me away from my own community. You know, and adding to those woes, I'll say I had a restricted monthly budget of rupees 90 post pay payment of the fees. Yeah. Uh, so even if I long to go for, you know, uh, outings, concerts, uh, picnics, movies, parties, no, it's not possible. I could not afford to. Well, that was the serious part. Now, let me come to the fun part of it, uh, which I distinctly remember. One, of, one such episode I distinctly remember. Actually, what had happened is one fine night, I was I was violently nudged for, you know, I woke up. Suddenly, I woke up from a deep slumber and uh, had my eyes not fallen on that those lanky legs standing erect just uh, by my bedside. I, and, and, and that was also in pale night suit, you know. <laughs> it was smelling also. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And of course, I would have been, you know, horror struck seeing that frightening bear mask if it had been not that lanky legs. So uh, I could recognize it was Kumru. So he actually lost that uh, fun which he wanted to have with me. And uh, next, of course, I had it with uh, Jagdish Padala. Uh, I had, uh, I wore that mask and at around 1 a.m. I went to his room and knocked the door. The door was opened, and after that, immediately I could hear loud shrieks, tightening shrieks. The door was banged hard, and uh, and uh, you won't believe that actually the mask saved my me from having a bloody a bloody face. And then all three of them they jumped from one court to another and to the father's court, and they started chanting Ram 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 Ram. <laughs> that was the fun moment, yeah. I also remember the fun surrounding with uh, Rajiv Mukhopadhyay or Maura's Lungi and uh, C.P. Krishnan or Gablu's uh, episodes in the TV room. Yeah, those were the fun-filled episodes in Foster. And uh, if you, if I recall about the uh, fun-filled moments in the classroom sessions, uh, I recall actually straining my ears to learn a different kind of English in the first semester. <laughs> and, and, uh, and in the electronics and communication classes, how the, I, I still remember how the electromagnetic waves actually could not penetrate my heart shell of this ordinary brain. 
it's uh, as if I had carried one hot cauldron on my head, and from where the electrons evaporated because before they could penetrate it. Uh, so I am really thankful to three people: uh, Anand Gangadharan, Nilanjan Mukherjee, and especially Vinod Chipalkatti to pump in with some substance prior to the exam. And I'll say that's how I sail through. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's my, basically, I remember whatever I remember from my college days. PK, can you uh, uh, describe, uh, describe your career path that you took uh, immediately after 89? If you ask me, like, whether I've joined uh, Air Force uh, because of my patriotism, I would say, no, that's not true in entirety. Uh, definitely, uh, there's some reason behind it. Of course, I won't say that I was not fascinated by seeing those uh, fighter gnats. You know, they, they used to take uh, formation during the 1971 war, and they would fly over my over our houses because they used to take, uh, take off from the Panagar base, which was just 30 kilometers from my hometown. And uh, it was on the Eastern Front where all the action had taken place. So I used to get fascinated because of that. Also, I used to get fascinated uh, listening to several nail-biting stories. My dad used to tell about my late uncle uh, who was in the International Army. That apart, when I was in the third year, uh, I had actually, uh, you know, successfully completed the Air Force Selection Service Selection Board, which was held at Mysore. And uh, it was really a difficult decision to choose between joining BPL, which uh, I got it along with uh, Ravindran Kotiath in the campus selection, uh, and this Indian Air Force. And finally, the, because of this job security in the Air Force, uh, that time it was the highest pay package amongst all the government and the private industries, plus the one year of stipend, which I was getting because I had joined in third year, the free Russian and accommodation actually won the battle of it. So I had joined uh, Air Force because of this. And uh, if you talk about uh, uh, about my 31 years of uh, career, because I have taken, recently have taken retirement from Air Force. Yeah. So in these 31 years of service, uh, I have had experience uh, in first, in the first indigenized Doppler radar system. Uh, which was developed by Bharat Electronics Limited. And also I had experience in a premier Russian fighter aircraft. As engineering officers, uh, we were meant to maintain 100% serviceability of the war inventory, uh, like the aircraft, the avionic equipment, uh, all the communication network, your radar network, ground equipment, vehicles, so on and so forth. It's uh, basically, you know, it has to be an efficient management or technologistics maintenance management. And uh, aviation quality assurance was uh, also my domain expertise for a period extending almost uh, a decade, out of which I had a three-year stint in the Ministry of Defense uh, Quality Assurance Department, covering all the QA inspections of the aircraft and avionic procurements. I see. And uh, my last portfolio in the air headquarters, uh, Delhi, as a joint director, allowed me uh, an insight into making policy decisions and controlling the operational activities from the highest echelon. Of course, 
I too uh, feel fortunate to be a part of the Kargil operation in 1999 and of Parakram in 2001, two missions against our neighboring country. That's it uh, in the Air Force episode. And uh, recently in uh, September, 1st of September, I have joined uh, a private industry and uh, that is your, it is called uh, Oriental Weaving and Processing Meals Private Limited, whose headquarter is in Nabe, Mumbai. And I'm heading the aircraft parachute manufacturing unit at Agra. I'm emphasizing on aircraft parachute because there's again a funny incident uh, related to it, associated to it. As I came from Delhi to Agra to join this particular things, uh, particular unit, and I got introduced to my immediate neighbor. So he was asking me about my job profile and other things. So I said that, okay, I'm the head of this parachute manufacturing company. So immediately asked me uh, whether... I have got the FMCG background. <laughs> so it was really late realization, but I could realize he was referring to the parachute uh, coconut hair oil. So right <laughs> now, <laughs> I am very careful using this prefix aircraft to the parachute <laughs> before I say, okay, I am now heading the aircraft parachute uh, manufacturing division. Perhaps he got distracted by your hair as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So talking about SSB, uh, PK, I remember Bankat and myself had attended the Naval SSB at Bhopal after clearing the rounds at college. And while I got yeah. knocked off promptly, Venkat made it to the next round. Yeah. However, that week or a few days, I don't remember the exact time frame uh, of the SSB, was such a life event for us uh, that I feel everybody should go through it once. How was it for you? Yeah. Oh, it was a great experience, great experience. Like, uh, you know, even uh, even I could not understand that, uh, like this was a psychological test. Uh, the initial, uh, the three days were psychological tests followed by your physical activity. I concentrated more on the physical part because I was an athlete and I concentrated more on the physical part. Uh, little did I realize that uh, I, I was psychologically accepted by those people because, uh, you know, you have to be true to yourself. That's the that's the first thing which you which one needs to understand. I'll just give you one uh, small example. Uh, one of the questions was uh, maybe I'm just giving an example. One of the questions might be number one question in the psychological test. Say suppose you are being asked by your boss uh, from the mountain top to jump. What will you do? That will be the first question. Maybe the thirty third or the fiftieth question will be somewhere linked to this. Right. You don't know swimming, yet you are asked to jump from the ship and uh, swim uh, across uh, from uh, from from the ship to maybe to to the boat. What will you do? Now, one chap he writes uh, say for the first uh, first question he writes that uh, he is not he, he is not going to obey his boss. Right. And the same chap in the fiftieth question he says, okay, he will uh, jump into the sea because his boss says so. So psychologically, you are not steady. Right. You have to be true to yourself. Uh, everywhere I had, I had said, no, I'm not going to do so because I know I'm, I won't be able to do. My life is precious. I am not going to obey any orders like uh, such foolish orders. So if you stick to your point, even if it is, you know, like it is a no man, in defense, you have to be a yes man. But uh, even if it's, if you have to be a no man in the exam, you uh, the psychologist understands that you are steady in your thought process. Right. 
and uh, you know jatinder and you are two guys who pursued in the forces uh, from our batch at least uh, at least not yeah. to me uh, and uh, given that uh, uh, based on some previous episodes i know that this podcast also has some young listeners can you give like a high level view of what it means for a budding engineer to join the technical arm of the military i mean it could be any of those branches uh, in an army air force uh, navy what can they look forward to and what they should be prepared for okay now anyone with a passion for adventure and having the mental and physical agility uh, can look forward for a secure career in the defense forces uh where one can expect to grow his leadership and managerial skills of a large task force and inventory uh, in the most disciplined manner uh here i would like to uh, give a word of caution though uh, that the continual technology upgradation in the services uh, may be seen with a lag when compared to the private world however this should not be a dissuading factor in joining the forces uh in fact the forces are in dearth of sound engineers who of course fit the band of the qrs of the services and uh, i should say as uh, what i feel donning a uniform and uh, safeguarding the interests of the country from external aggression is indeed a matter of pride and honor let's continue pk i think uh, you did mention in the intro about uh, uh, having um, you know had the opportunity to work uh, not just in peace time but also during some notable conflicts uh, uh, in the last decade or more so uh, i i know that you probably covered under some kind of confidentiality but are you able to share some of your career highs uh, either it was in peace time or during conflicts uh if you mean the career highs uh, in terms of uh, recognition uh, the commendations the honors etc uh, yes. this i'll say they are part and parcel of a soldier's life as uh, he or she grows in the organization while contributing small yet val- uh, valuable uh, issues uh, so not actually getting into such personal achievements or accolades uh, yes. let me just give a brief sketch of an engineer's uh, peace time and emergency roles in the defense forces well uh, this brief may be a bit long uh, <laughs> if you may allow yeah okay and uh, actually an engineer can be inducted uh, in various streams like uh, it uh, communication radar missile the electronic warfare system and of course the aircraft like the fighters transport and helicopters yeah. and now uh, the newly inducted uavs uh, the unmanned aerial vehicles once of course they finish uh, finish off the aeronautical engineering avenue show course uh, which, which should be successfully completed in bangalore uh, since most of my career in the forces involved the fighter aircraft so here i'll restrict my talk of an engineer's life in a fighter aircraft unit mm-hmm. okay yeah uh, i am from the electronics and communication background Uh, but uh, as i underwent specialized training in a particular fighter aircraft i had to do more with the mechanical and uh, electrical engineering you know right. uh, the complexities in the engine in the pneumatic system and the fuel system were so rampant uh, following the various maneuvers of the aircraft at high max speeds 
uh, while encountering the turbulence and vorticity high up. Uh, so actually, gradually, I graduated into a virtual mechanical engineer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, in an operational base, uh, the aircraft has to be prepared in accordance with the planned training mission or sortie for the day. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the day starts as early as 4 a.m. Right. and may end as at 1 a.m. next day, depending on the dawn sorties, uh, the mid-noon sorties, the dust sorties, and the night sorties. Right. So, um, as per the late dawn checks, where, which are well documented and given by the manufacturer, the aircraft has to undergo the daily inspection, where each and every parameter is checked for its correctness by the staff. And you, as an engineer, have to certify the health of the aircraft before handing over to the pilot. Uh, the entire operation takes one hour plus per aircraft. And so, you know, so many aircraft are in the line, and yeah. uh, you, you can well understand how long it takes. Right. And uh, if, the, if the same aircraft has to go for more than one sortie, then in between the sorties, we have the turnaround inspection, and whenever the mission of the day, that is the day's mission is completed, uh, which is uh, 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 throughout the day, we have the final inspection. So you know the day is full of inspection, inspection, and inspection. Right. So any defects noticed on ground during such inspections or as reported by the pilot in the air, mm -hmm. these are to be attended yes. in the most expeditious manner. Yeah. Right. And... Uh, the periodic servicings are also conducted as preventive maintenance. We that we that we have that in the schedule, and uh, we also have repair and overhauling bases apart from this operational bases, where the major repairs beyond the capacity of these operational bases are uh, conducted, as well as the scheduled overhaulings of the engine, airframe, electrical, and avionics equipment are also conducted. Okay. And uh, in the peacetime, we also carry out uh, the reliability and life en enhancement studies along with DRDO to enhance the operational life of the aircraft. Uh, okay. Here, I must uh, admit that life enhancement to a certain extent is acceptable. But uh, sadly, we are still flying vintage transport aircraft of the second World War era. Uh, that's the sad part of it. Yeah. And, mm, you know, as we move to the operation, like uh, once or sometimes twice a year, we go to the operational bases at the borders and uh, carry out exercises simulating the emergency scenario. So these uh, actions are uh, basically, or you can say more or less extensions of the peacetime operations and uh, preparedness with more war inventory, uh, okay. more manpower, unending working sessions, and of course, operation with the light ammunition. And... Uh, during the actual war scenario, we formed the second line of defense supporting the first line of the assaulting fleet. Right. And uh, I've already told you about that I had been involved in the Kargil and uh, the Uttarakram. So uh, during the Kargil operation, I was the deputy engineer, engineering officer. And hence, uh, I had a defined role exclusively in the maintenance activities. But uh, as the in-charge of the engineering task force during the operation. Apart from these entire uh, maintenance activities to make the aircraft fly worthy, yeah. uh, I had to take part in the mission planning uh, along with the pilots 
yeah. and uh, my uh, role included man and material management and of course the logistics management also formed a part of my task right and i i indeed enjoyed the moments spent there during the operations in fact uh, you know it used to give me goosebumps as we prepared the aircraft to launch for attacks at the odas late nights yeah and uh, as we were stationed quite close to the borders uh, most of the times we actually played cat and mouse game with the enemy uh, it's like basically trying to either spy from the sky and scoot when chased or scramble our aircraft chasing the enemy aircraft out of our territory uh, it was uh, actually you can say mostly psychological warfare for air superiority and we were all throughout awaiting orders for the actual action and uh, as the men folk were on readiness 24/7 i really need to appreciate the ladies at home taking all the family responsibilities on their shoulders and that too with a brave face yeah fantastic what about the fitnesses uh, in these times actually you know definitely required certain amount of uh, mental and physical stability right uh you know uh, during, during the war scenario or operational scenario uh, the aircraft instead of being parked in the hangars huge hangars which we usually park in during the uh, peace time scenario here they are parked in blast pens spread out blast pens mm-hmm. uh, which are basically concrete camouflaged covers for the aircraft right you know uh you can't make make them out from the from the sky and uh, they from one blast pen to the other there will be at least 100 meet 100 to 200 meters distance right. so if suppose one blast pen is damaged the other one is not affected so you know if you have certain 15 to 16 aircraft under you uh, it, it's all it's spread over over 500 meters of radius and now uh witnessing and certifying maintenance activities of each such aircraft along with the uh, safe loading of the rockets the missiles and the bombs for various missions at the same time uh, was actually a herculean task right so here the mental and physical agility had to be at its best uh, you say at the end of a day uh, you can say i perhaps uh, would have walked and jogged in overall and boots not in pitikets yeah. for more than 10 kilometers wow. and that even in peak summer at Rajasthan desert area right right wow <laughs> that must be uh, quite taxing yeah. what kind of uh, technical subjects did you specialize in if you can ask that after i did this uh, you know uh, passed out from krc and uh, i had the chance of uh, doing my post graduation in missile technology okay and uh, Uh, but of course this was not exploited in my entire career, service career that's a sad part uh and uh, thing is that like you know we had to undergo one and a half years of aeronautical engineering course that's our abinisha training course at bangalore okay so that itself covered the various uh, technical aspects uh the flying is concerned uh okay uh moving to a maybe a slightly serious query because is uh, i've been wanting to ask uh, a friendly fauji about uh, the missions taken and particularly about the conflicting or mad media coverage and hype that follows what is what goes in the mind of a fauji in these times okay uh 
Shridhar, uh, if you really actually talk about the success of a mission, uh, I would say uh, the national interest uh, with strong political will and leadership, uh, a well-planned and defined strategy, and uh, arduous training and exercise, actually, uh, they form an integral part of uh, any mission success. Correct. Uh, when the mission is completed, uh, you know, the entire scenario is an analyzed threadbare to understand the success and the failure pattern. And that's, that is basically to improve upon the lacuna noticed. Correct. Uh, I, here I would like to give you an example. Uh, we actually found ourselves being quite complacent since 1971 war. And uh, we were actually caught off guard in action during the Kargil infiltration. You know, uh, till the Kargil happened, during any such war simulated exercise which we had near the borders, uh, uh, say suppose uh, I was stationed somewhere near Assam or I had to go to the Western Front, uh, to the Pakistan border, maybe. So we used to carry our entire war inventory by huge cargo aircraft, those, uh, yeah. it's IL-76 those days, uh, that included vehicles, ground support equipment like DG sets, uh, the hydraulic, pneumatic, and oxygen charging vehicles, which are necessary for startup of the aircraft, mm -hmm. uh, the missile launchers, the rocket pods, and so on and so forth. So uh, for each such transfer, uh, not only did we spend one way over rupees 15 lakhs worth of gasoline that time, I mean, you can well imagine that, yeah. uh, but we actually wasted a lot of precious time uh, assimilating the war inventory and transferring them to the new locations. So, post Kargil, we uh, sat together and uh, understood the problems and developed parallel bases at our operation centers with all infrastructure and inventory provided to do away with all these, uh, you know, logistics delays and all the cumbersome activities. So, uh, during our paratron, we were actually a much organized force. You know? So, each such operation uh, teaches us lessons for a well-defined and improved strategy uh, while there's a need for more arduous mission trainings and exercise, uh, while we need to modernize our war inventory with the latest technology and concept. Uh, if I talk of the concept, uh, that means the war concept, uh, actually our war concept over a period of time has evolved uh, from the dogfights or the close-range aerial combats to basically beyond visual range techniques. We call it PVRs, right. where long range ballistic missiles are employed. Uh, here we have also started using the UAVs and uh, uh, there's a, there's a long usage of the satellite communication and the modern electronic warfare techniques and so on and so forth, you know? Uh, but uh, sometimes uh, we, we, we see that the government book of accounts on many such occasions puts a hold onto such high cost projects as a result of which the attrition rate apparently goes high for the handicapped forces. Uh, unfortunately, the media plays a spoil sport. I feel it's a spoil sport, okay. uh, being the propaganda machine of, uh, machine of various political bodies, uh, which we as uh, sensitive folks tend to get played with the virtual glory in the name of patriotism. Uh, and when we talk of the present leadership uh, defense forces, uh, 
I would say we actually need efficient leaders like uh, Field Marshal Sam Manekshaw uh, to have a well-organized uh, strategic force equipped with modern machinery and the might to thwart any political exploitation that we are having nowadays. Okay. Okay, PK, uh, tell us about your family. I got married to Sri Parna in November 1992, uh, who happened to be my childhood friend from my own hometown, Durgapur. Okay. Uh, she is presently a teacher in Carmel Convent School, New Delhi. And uh, we are proud parents of three children. My eldest is a daughter. She is Isha, an IT graduate who chose to change her field from IT to environmental sustainability after working for three years plus in IT sector. She is now pursuing MS in environmental policy and management from Lund University, Sweden. Oh, okay. My son, Rishabh, uh, is a third year student in Bachelor of Dental Surgery uh, from Dr. T.Y. Patil Dental College, Pune. Right. And my youngest is, of course, a four-legged member, a handsome four-year-old Labrador called Snoop. So <laughs> That's nice. And, and uh, uh, you're based in Agra now, or are you based in Delhi? No, I'm based at Agra. How, how was it to balance your personal and professional lives uh, uh, when you were at the, the forces? And of course, now you're in a a different stint uh, in two different cities altogether? Uh, life life was wonderful. Like uh, you, uh, the entire day, uh, yes, you were busy right from the early morning to uh, late night, maybe one o'clock, maybe two o'clock at night. You were busy at the field because there were morning flights, uh, there were afternoon flights, there were night flights. So different missions were there. So you, you had to be, uh, there were dearth of technical officers and, and when I had joined. So at, you had to be almost 18 hours on the field. Wow. So after marriage, yes, it was a bit difficult for my wife to adjust. Subsequently, because of the entire menfolk being busy at uh, the field, the women, they... They had a ball, rather. They made a family of their own. They had parties, and uh, they they had a lovely, lively time. And of course, the weekends are there for us. Uh, we had a pretty good, uh, you know, the the party session was on. And uh, and since we were uh, uh, we were located at uh, remote places, so there was nothing outside. Hence, everything was inside the campus. So. It was great having fun as a family. Together, the people bonded and uh, we had potlucks. So that was real fun. Yeah. And uh, that was how actually, you know, uh, it was interesting before the kids uh, were born or after the kids were, uh, when the kids were small. As they grew up, it was difficult for us, rather for them, uh, to go to good schools and uh, I feel sad that uh, we were not able to provide them the best of the education even we wanted. Uh, they were mostly in the Kendriya Vidyalayas. And uh, they had, uh, because of my 16 postings in, in 31 years, so they had to change. Uh, means they had almost 12 to 13 schools. They have seen 12 to 13 schools. Wow. So 
uh, it was pretty difficult for the children to acclimatize to the new uh, system however i feel they came out strong and uh, because of the various cultures they had uh, they had uh, uh, you know they have come across so they are able to get acclimatized to any new atmosphere which they would be encountering in future i am very very confident about that that's great and uh, about uh, right at this moment when i leave my job like uh, last posting of course uh, we were together that was uh, because it was just an office going from 9 to 5 o'clock in the air headquarters so that was a time uh, we had plenty of time together and uh, right now we have two separate you know establishments because my wife she is still continuing with the school at delhi and i am at agra one kid is in sweden another in pune so we have four establishments <laughs> so it's a uh, you know it's a weekend trip to delhi for me yeah and uh, of course that's the way we have to lead our life for some time and that's how it is yeah uh, and uh, moving to uh, something very different and lighter i should say is uh, i i would probably characterize you as one silent and smiling assassin but you have some you take some killer photos and you have a keen sense of observation if if not for anything else uh, when did you pick up the skill uh, seriously well <laughs> uh, i don't know really what you mean uh, i'll say that uh, I, i i tend to communicate more on e media than in person and uh, i would say the guys can actually vouch how naughty i can be on the e media <laughs> as uh, but practically i am more comfortable in solitude and in my small domain of like minded people uh, actually uh, you know uh, uh, life in air force has brought me out of the shyness to a considerable extent so if i may relate uh, 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 i mean a, a related incident uh, which i remember uh, it's quite funny yeah. like uh, it was our ninth marriage anniversary in one operational base in the northeast where i was posted and i happened to share the same anniversary date with two more officers oh. so uh, we decided to have a combined party which actually did not go well with the general crowd <laughs> and hence they planned something special for us during the occasion you know yeah. uh, as per as per the fs custom uh, which we had uh, in the squadrons we called it the units as squadrons yeah. uh, the cake is placed on the table at a certain distance away from the couple uh, and the man has to prove his strength uh, by lifting the lady in the arms and walk that distance towards the cake <laughs> cut it together while holding her still in arms and then feed each other <laughs> so uh, here there was a twist in the story uh, where the three couples were first blindfolded and all our lips taped you know and uh, when it was time to lift the lady i actually struggled to lift her as she was suddenly absorbed heavy weight and uh, with unfamiliar touch and smell <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> i smiled my way through to reach the cake while being guided and together we cut it blindfolded and uh, that was followed with uh, some mumbled oath taking ceremony because all Uh, we had our lips taped 
and uh, basically oath taking means to keep each other happy yeah, blah, yeah. blah 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 uh, then the finally the teeth were removed uh, of course with a caution that the next operation had to be silently performed nobody can talk uh, the next operation was cake eating ceremony uh, which was basically feeding feeding each other lovingly still blindfolded you know <laughs> and uh, with the honors done our blindfolds were removed uh, only to be discovered discovered with exchange partners <laughs> well uh, that was a punishment meant for us for having given a common party instead of three individual parties uh, here is the mischievous part so you have listened to the fun part here is the mischievous part the mischievous part is little did anybody know that i actually was aware all along all the, what was waiting for us so i silently enjoyed the entire episode and that's a naughty side of me but of course of course i did not expect the heavy weight lifting <laughs> i was expecting the light weight <laughs> uh so you know uh, that's how i am now uh, silently naughty i tend to observe more and uh, do smile to myself giving others scope for introspection yeah and uh, <laughs> and uh, with reference to your smiling assassin i i, I may say uh, i may have injured few but not aware of assassin many <laughs> and uh, photography happens to be just my passion uh, right. but uh, i am yet to attain the finesse of you guys <laughs> right yeah but yeah i have been i mean uh, we also met up during the anniversaries and yeah i have observed your photographs yeah i mean it interests me so that uh, <laughs> that's that's fair my recollection was you moving on uh, i think uh, in terms of uh, music right i think uh, uh, from what i recall and probably it continues for you today uh, the likes of maybe eagles uh, paul young elvis neil diamond carpenters or uh, your like uh, timeless music uh, what yeah. are you listening to nowadays or they continue <laughs> no they continue i am actually i hear to these oldies and uh, and two of my favorite songs means i i can relate myself to two of the it's beautiful songs like uh, if you have heard i don't know uh, i made it my way by uh, frank sinatra and uh, another is uh, one moment in time by dana winner so uh, these two are my most favorite songs because i can relate my life uh, with that right and and uh... uh you did mention about uh, uh athletics or just being let's say being at uh, athletic i should say uh, did you pick up any sport uh, during your stint at the air force actually we used to play everything and it's uh, football be it cricket and uh, basketball volleyball whatever it is we could, uh, tennis yes i forgot it yes i picked up squash and a uh, little bit of golf of course but i never enjoyed golf i used to play squash quite a bit yes okay that's nice maybe move to more uh, the short burst ones uh, queries or uh, necessarily say rapid fire but more short burst uh, who are your role models uh, uh, during your career or at this stage of your life i can think of only one person and uh, it is uh, i want to become like him yet i am not 
uh, I want to be uh, uh, witty, smart, and uh, I want to make everybody happy, uh, ever smiling. I'm always ever smiling, always with positivity. I know how to enjoy my life. So that is how I see in a role model, which I'm not at this moment, but I see in a person, it's our own Sukesh Belenji. Right, that's wonderful. Uh, and uh, in terms of, uh, you know, your support system, who would say, who would you say rather are your biggest support, support system? It's my friends, actually my friends, biggest support system. It, uh, they relieve all my tension. You know, like uh, what happens over a period of time, you, uh, when, when actually, uh, if you're alone, that's a, uh, that's a separate story. But when you have to share uh, your life with somebody, there's a lot of adjustments. Uh, there are a lot of sacrifices from both ends. Yeah. And uh, when you stay under one roof and over a period of time, you know, uh, yeah, because of the mundane routine, uh, sometimes boredom creeps in. It's a, I shouldn't say the midlife crisis, but boredom creeps in you know, because of the mundane routine. And, uh, and during this time, yeah, during this period, it's your friends who actually relieve you from all these tensions which you have in life. Right. Uh, whether it was the alumni meet, or I, I have got my school friend group, I've got my college friend group, I've got my Air Force friend groups. And I think they are all my support system. When you are relieved from all the tensions in your life, what best can that be? It's, uh, I think that's the uh, best part of it where uh, you can perform uh, uh, in the way you desire. That's great. And uh, uh, what has been, uh, let's say, your motivating, uh, you know, quote or, or in general, any kind of inspiration that uh, that has helped you or that you can identify with? Oh, okay. Uh, I, I I would have always followed the case case rasra. That is whatever will be will be. Uh, until uh, because of certain life-changing episode, uh, I have started believing in uh, whatever will be is destined and uh, karma influences your destiny. Uh, if you may allow me, I would like to share a few uh, related or inspiring life events. Sure. Uh, because uh, my how my outlook has changed fully. Uh, basically, the story revolves around my son, uh, who had been indicated by several astrologers at different times and different zones of his short life. So uh, we conducted all sorts of medical tests on him to check uh, if he had any complications, but actually there was none. And uh, it was uh, a helpless moment for us, staring at the calendar for years, waiting for the inevitable to happen. And uh, uh, the predictions were actually validated by our own Satyabrata Sina, uh, who happened to be my roommate for two years in the college, right. and who is now uh, known as, uh, known for his astrology skills, right. and also by Ashima through her tarot card reading. Uh, it was actually Ashima who forced us to send our horoscopes to a holy man at Manglo, on whose special powers she had immense belief. Okay. Uh, so the horoscopes were prepared by Satyabrata, and uh, they were forwarded on e-media to the destination. 
Right. And uh, within no time, and uh, we were summoned to uh, Mangalore. I had to fly down from my posting place, uh, that is Gauhati, to Mangalore. And uh, uh, there was a planned holy ritual, uh, which turned out to be truly amazing, and you know, an experience of its own. And uh, post completion of that ritual, while allaying all our fears and assuring of my son's rejuvenated long life. Uh, the Swami gave uh, the Swamiji gave lessons on destiny and karma. Okay. Uh, if I may gratefully summarize the episode, uh, I would term this uh, as a destined meet or interaction with Ashima over the tarot session uh, to change the destiny of my child and also my outlook from a near atheist to someone believing in the universal power. And uh, post that episode, I made. Uh, thankful visits to quite a few temples among them noted notably among them uh, were the Kadri temple at Mangalore right. and uh, Krishna temple at Udipi. I and also happened to discover the sensitivity of my nervous system uh, during my visit to one Dr. Soon's farm at Mudubiduri uh, which is around 30 kilometers of Mangalore right. uh, where I got introduced to dowsing you know dowsing technique uh, Basically, uh, these are all Y-shaped or L-shaped metal rods or twigs, uh, which were uh, uh, used earlier for finding out the underground water bodies. Okay. Even sometimes they are used now. I see. And there are pendulums also, which are being used for healing. So I found these dowsing instruments, they are, they are actually responding to my touch, you know? And... Uh, I was also astounded to observe when I placed a coconut uh, on, on my palm and uh, as I walked uh, or uh, as I passed over an underground water body, this coconut actually rolled and, and was standing erect on my palm. You know, that was the sensitivity of my nervous system. So, uh, yeah, I'll say that these are some of the awe-inspiring life events uh, which had happened. Fantastic. I know that, you know, yeah, there are, all of us would have gone through some life-changing uh, events, uh, uh, you know, in 30 plus years after college, right? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, and thank you for being very, uh, very descriptive and candid here. If I have to ask it a different point, which uh, is more or less uh, part of the question bank now, is uh, yeah. what's a habit that hasn't left you since college? I'm a diehard romantic, and I actually uh, is romance the nature, romance the music, and I romance in solitude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's a habit that you would rather not have? Oh, yes, many habits. I've got so many flaws. Like, uh, I am critical in everything. Like, uh, you can say, uh, always, I, I always try to be a critic in every nature. I'm serious uh, most of the times. And I'm not moving around freely with uh, everybody. I have a smaller group of friends, like-minded people. I definitely would like to change myself. And again, as I said, I have my role model. I would like to be like him. Yeah. What has been uh, uh, maybe uh, a memorable KRC event that you can relate to or you can recall, I should say? Definitely, uh, Sridhar, I, I, I dare not remember... Uh, anything to do with academics, again, I'm telling you, especially the 
electromagnetic wave theory and the microprocessor classes. Oof. Uh, and uh, I, I definitely had a complex being actually with uh, the stalwarts, the intellects, the scholars, uh, you name what. Uh, but I do remember bunking classes from the back door uh, after attendance call. And uh, of course, then cooks Vinod Chikulkati and Fati in the evening hours to make me understand the entire entire lesson in a layman's language. <laughs> so it's always the fulfilled moments that I treasure about the college. And uh, uh, one one event I, which I missed earlier, uh, I, I should speak about this now, uh, was the inter-region cricket match between Bengal and Bihar in the second year. Okay. No. I actually happened to captain the team comprising members of our batch and, and, and mostly from the junior batch as our seniors never wanted to be in a hapless team which never won a match in KRC history. So, uh, but, but I always believed in the spirit of the game and not on results. Yeah. So, uh, we formed a team and as luck may prevail, we actually won the match creating history for the Bengal team in Kerry's. <laughs> nice. uh, but the fun factor was, fun factor, now you listen to the fun factor. It was Advani's or Addu's yeah. controversial finger as leg umpire that stole the match away from the Bihar team by a very close margin. <laughs> uh, so immediately after the match, the enraged team gave a long chase to the fleeing Addu. <laughs> I think he still nurses the finger while recording the episode. <laughs> And I should ask him this. <laughs> and uh, of course, I, yeah, yeah, I do, I do it every now and then. <laughs> and uh, I, I also recollect uh, having uh, won the news reading category in the third year intercollegiate competition at SAC. Uh, the Masala News that was well scripted by Nilanjan Mukherjee. Yes, I think these are some of the events which I recall, which are etched in my memory. And uh, how would you summarize, uh, I, I, it's probably a repeat, but yeah, let me see how it goes. Uh, any word or phrase about KRC in general? It's actually a point where, where people from all background, uh, they meet together. And uh, you know, that is the first time where I had the opportunity to be associated with so many intelligent personalities over there. And uh, I got means even though I say that I was uh, a free person over there, but I had enriched my knowledge because of my association with those people around. The people around, they had helped me a lot. And uh, yes, the different cultures over there actually bring together so many differences they bring to a common ground. Mm. And uh, it's a, you know, it's a knowledge cauldron where that is the base from where people have actually uh, gone into various fields and they have uh, prospered into their own arenas. And yes, uh, even though my ENC had not much to do with Air Force, but definitely certain base which had been created in, in the education field, uh, in the academic, I'll say, uh, definitely has helped me. As a, it was a stepping stone for my professional career. Right. And what would you like to be remembered as, PK? Like to be remembered as I am means uh, a simple, simple soul, a humble soul, and uh, a transparent personality. That's it. Yeah. And uh, any any closing thoughts or anything else you would like to share? Yeah. Let this, you know, what you are 
doing right at this moment. Let this carry on. Let the flag of KRC fly high. And uh, let us, actually, we are a family. And let this uh, strength of the family grow further, on and on. That's my wish. Fantastic. Yeah, I I, I, I think we are, you summed it up quite well. Uh, I think uh, it is an eternal bond, I think, with, uh, with the entire batch. Uh, whether or not we interacted with every single one of them through the four years, uh, but uh, I think it's somehow something which is, uh, I think, it's almost part of our DNA right now, I think. That's, it's, uh, you you quite yeah. summed it up quite well. PK, it was such a pleasure to to record this with you. Uh, thank you so much for your time and looking forward to meeting up with you sometime uh, when things settle down. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure talking to you. And uh, before I wrap up, I would like to, in fact, uh, say that uh, uh, actually we have evolved through this uh, ordeal of uh, this coronavirus. And uh, I would like to uh, wish each and every one and their families a very happy, peaceful, mindful, and healthy uh, new year. Uh, let us all become stronger to uh, to come out of this ordeal. And thanks a lot for having me on the podcast once again. Thank you, PK. My pleasure. That's PK for you diplomatic yet direct and a dear friend who has made us all proud. Until next time, this is Sridhar signing off.